this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. Don't get quiet on me now, church. I can't stand a quiet church. Quiet church is a dead church. Hallelujah. I said a quiet church is a dead church. Come on. You ain't dead, you're breathing. Amen. That's why all the churches who have graveyards surrounding them, that's why they don't have to take the church members very far. They're already dead. Huh? Come on, I ain't never gone to a church with the graveyard surrounded where the fire of God was falling too much. You, you know, it's because the dead people don't have very far to go. You don't have to carry them far. You can worship with them and just carry them out and dig a hole and bury them. To every church that's watching online and you're a part of one of those, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just stating the fact. Hallelujah. That's why they never asked me to come preach at those churches. Because see, if the real fire and power of God would fall, they might raise from the dead. Ah, oh, come on. See, I know some of you have never seen a dead man raised. I have. Hallelujah. Right in the middle of the church, he died of a heart attack, and we prayed him back to life. Hallelujah. By the time the EMS got there, nobody, there was nobody to take. Hallelujah. But across the street, another man died, and they took him. Are you hearing me? Because when we prayed him back to life, the death angel went and got somebody else. Hallelujah. Uh, see, some of you, you just had to be there to experience it. I mean, you ain't never experienced the power of God. Do you seen something like that? I mean, hallelujah. Glory to God. So if you want to stay dead, we'll just create a, 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 a cemetery outside here, and well, then we won't have far to carry you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> You'll never look at those churches the same again. I'm really not trying to be controversial. It's just true. Glory, glory, glory. Praise the name of the Lord. It was a good week. Boy, we had a productive week. Uh, there was a lot going on around the church this week, and uh, things happen in the offices and productivity and uh, lots of great meetings and uh, things moving forward and another week of a whole bunch of meetings I got coming up and God's good. And so we pray that you're just seeing his goodness. I heard the ladies had a good time at women's ministry and uh, I heard, saw that and I'm grateful for that. If you missed it, ladies, uh, join up next time. All right. They'll meet over there again. Uh, in the office and outreach center first thursday of the month in march so you want to be a part of it and uh, i know you'll be blessed and uh, good things are happening with that and uh, so be a part of it join up i'm telling you i, I i'm believing that um, out of it sometimes how many of you know sometimes it can be hard to be friends with uh, other women ladies or it can be hard men to be friends with other men right but what i just believe is that see the church is supposed to be a safe place I said church is supposed to be a safe place. I know we haven't all experienced that, but one thing that we, we require here, I require, is that it's a safe place and that it's a place where you should be able to build friendships and covenant relationships, meaning we won't always agree, but even if we disagree, I'll love you anyway. Come on. And that's the way we need to be able to be with one another. And so uh, we're looking forward. So be a part of it, ladies. If you missed it, join next time. You don't want to miss it. All right. And uh, I know you'll be blessed by it, all right? 
and all the other things that are going on. Uh, Brandon mentioned earlier about each one reach one. Seriously, tell somebody now, hey, I want you to come to church on February, what, 18th, 19th, yes, and that's two weeks from today. Tell them, that's the week after the Super Bowl. So it won't interrupt with that or anything like that. Tell them you're, you're coming with me in two weeks to church, all right? They can go somewhere else. Tell them they hadn't tried it. They, they, they won't know what hit them until they came here. Come on, I'm telling you. I'm just going to brag on us for a moment. You all know just how good you got it. I'm just going to tell you, all right? Brandon said the other week, he said, I'd put us up against any big praise band in the area. I believe that. All right. And I was like, well, praise God, you know, for him to say that, uh, you know, about us. And, and now, granted, it's us. But hear me, that's not ego. But there's a difference between uh, anointed worship and just good singers. Come on. You, you, come on. You can have all the instruments in the world. But if it's not anointed, the Bible says it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. There is a difference, and so that's why uh, you, can, you can have all the effects. We can dim the lights and black out the stained glass windows and give you a cool atmosphere, but if it's not anointed, it won't do anything, all right? And so you just invite somebody say, hey, you ain't seen nothing yet, right? And, and just tell them to come experience it. I'm not saying that about us. I'm saying that about his presence, his anointing. Hear me, hear me, all right? So tell them to come, all right? Invite a neighbor, a friend, and uh, those of you that help in the distributions, we'll be inviting those that attend our distributions and uh, women's or, or the enormous closet, and uh, we know that it'll be a blessed time. And so be praying about it. Be praying for those that will come. That If they're not saved, they'll get saved, and that we'll have a word that would minister to their heart where they are and reach them. Hallelujah. Yeah, so lots is going on, and we want you to be a part of it. Pray over those people that you would invite, your neighbors, your friends, your family. And just don't take no for an answer. Tell them if they say no, just ask them again and again and again. All right? You know, statistically, it takes seven or eight times to invite somebody to church before they'll come. Uh-huh. None of us like the word no, but uh, when you get no, go back. Come on, ladies, some of you I know don't take no for an answer. Cindy doesn't take no from an answer from Brandon, I know. And so she just keeps going back and going back until she gets a yes. So don't take no for an answer when you invite someone to church. Just keep going back, all right? She just keeps asking until she gets what she wants, and then Brandon will cave in. Or she just does it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we won't step into that mess. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. Good things, great things. How many remember last week's message? Good things come in small packages. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Somebody said it was an on-time word, so get ready for the second part of this on-time word just for you. I couldn't get away from the Scripture, and so God kept bringing me back to it. So I thought, all right, God, but I'll give in. I'll just preach on this. And so that's what we're going to do. I'm just going to follow his leading because God's trying to get you ready. Because where you are is not where he wants you to remain. Remember, I said I wanted you to look around because the Lord had told us last week that uh, one year from now, where you are, it won't look the same. I told you to look around in the midst of our church, meaning one year from now, we won't recognize where we were. Hallelujah. In your life, you need to have expectant change. And so God was speaking to us out of the, out of the lesson of the ant, was he not? But the ant was preaching to you last week. Uh, and then the message of the coney even, right? That we have to have a solid foundation that we're standing up on. Amen. 
And so uh, God was trying to get, tell, teach you and I to get ready for what he's going to do because it isn't over yet. How many of you have thought sometimes that life seems to be over, right? You, you, something happens in life and it just looks like, well, that's it. It's not going to work out. But this is the word that God is using to help you and I to identify that it's not over yet. Hallelujah. But he is still God. He is still working. He is still in the midst. And so we're going to continue to look at the same text that we did last week. And we're going to go a little deeper. Are you ready? So get your Bibles if you have them with you. If you're not, we'll put it up on the screen for you. Hallelujah. And we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30. Hallelujah. I miss the rustling of pages of Bibles. And now we all got Bibles that light up. Amen. Amen. I miss that, the, the rustling of pages. You always knew when the church was with you because you could hear the pages stop. Now you don't know because you just see a glaring light in people's face. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lois is not mine. We know. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 30. We're going to read just four verses of Scripture beginning in verse 24 through 28. Hallelujah. My God, I believe you're my healer. I believe you're more than enough for me. My goodness, I thought I was going to rock it off of the piano stool this morning. Hallelujah. I felt like a rocket going to shoot up and bust that balloon. Hallelujah. They did yesterday. Hallelujah. I believe you're my healer. More than enough for me. Hallelujah. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 24. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their houses in the rocks. Verse 27, this is where we're going to be today. The locusts have no king, yet they go forth, all of them, by bands. The spider taketh hold with her hands and is in the king's palaces. Mm, mm, mm. All right. We laid the foundation last week on the ant and the coney. I'm going to jump right into it. Verse 27. The locusts have no king, yet they go forth, all of them by bands. We said last week this is great things, good things, great things come in small packages. It's helping you to identify the greatness and the goodness that is in you and I. You know, the truth of the matter is, is a lot of us have served God a long time, but whether we've served God a long time or a short time, most believers, most people who believe in who God is don't recognize their bodies as, as housing the spirit of God. We worship God often, but we don't really recognize. That's why the Bible says, know ye not, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You get to house the spirit of the living God. Think about that for a moment. We, we teach about that a little bit in our discipleship class. It's exciting when you begin to realize he who resides on the inside of you. Hallelujah. How the glory of God lives on the inside of you. Come on, that's why we can't always give in to what we're feeling 
because of the glory of God who lives on the inside of us. It, it can boggle your mind if you would really start thinking about uh, the greatness of God and the fact that he chooses to reside on the inside of you. Most of us don't really have a full comprehension of how good or how great God is. I think that we've really reduced God down to just good. See, good is much less than great. Yes, he is the good shepherd. He is a good father. But even more than good, our God is great. Can you say amen? Stay with me. I'm going to lay this foundation for today. He is a great God. God is good, but he's more than good, right? The good just describes one aspect of who God is. God is good, but he is also great. God is not just great, but he is also awesome. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. God fills all in all. God, God is before all things and in all things, and by him all things consist. Everything that you and I can see or appreciate in this life exists because of him. Hallelujah. Even David said, uh, David said, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Another writer said, ever liveth, he is God. I, I like this one. Another writer says, he sits on the circle of the earth, that, that, that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. I said, heaven is, is his throne, but earth is his footstool. He just props his feet upon the earth. That's how big and how great he is. He's so big, he just rests his feet upon the earth you and I get to dwell in. Think about how vast that is. I mean, hallelujah. He's God. Everything is up under his control. Everything is under his control. He alone, all by himself, is God. He, he, God doesn't have a committee, but by himself, he is God. He, he doesn't have a board that he reports to. He alone is God. God doesn't have a boss. He alone is God. He, he, the, the Bible says, I alone am God, and besides me, there is no other. Think about that. I alone am God. Besides me, there is no other. In fact, the Bible says, uh, he says, I looked around me for someone greater than I to swear by, but I couldn't find any greater than myself. Amen. You and I can look around and always see someone better, always see someone greater or richer. But God says, I looked around for someone, uh, for someone greater than I to swear by, and I couldn't find any. Oh, hallelujah. That's how great he is. That's how magnificent he is. Are you with me today? Come on. That's how big he is. That's how great he is. He looked all around and couldn't find any to swear by. He is that kind. He is that big. He is God all by himself. He doesn't need help. How many of you know sometimes we need help? But he's God. He says, I don't need any help to be God. Sometimes we need help to lean on somebody. Sometimes we need some financial help. Sometimes we need just some encouragement. Sometimes we need somebody to pray with us, right? Sometimes we need all kinds of help in this life. But he's God. He says, I don't need any help from nobody to be God. I'm God all by myself. Think about it. He redeemed you by himself. He even called you by himself, and he saved you by himself, and he helped you by himself. Come on. He, he even delivered you by himself. He, he didn't need any help to get you out. Remember a few weeks ago, we, we preached leaving Lodabar. God didn't need any help to get you up out of Lodabar, out of your worst place, your broken place. He can do it all by himself, Cynthia. He alone is God. 
He alone is God. All by himself, he's God. So he'll, he'll deliver you by himself. He's even going to rapture you and I by himself. Oh, yes, he is. He, he's going to preserve you and I by himself. He'll keep you. He'll protect you. He'll provide for you and I by himself. There's times he'll even counsel you by himself. He'll repair you by himself. He's that kind of God. He, that's how great he is. He can do all things by himself because he says, I looked around for another greater than me and I found none. He's that big. He's really that big. Oh, God, all by himself. Thank you, Lord. See, if you and I could really believe that, that God is within you and I, you and I would, would stop fearing so much. You know how many times we fear that our boat or our lives are going to sink because we forget that he who dwells on the inside of us and how powerful he is, how great he is. You and I would stop being in fear if we could just wrap our mind around the fact that you need to understand that he desires to dwell with you and not just with you, but in you. Think about that. He just doesn't want to be someone that comes and sits up beside of you in church. But he says, I, I don't want to just be your, your cuddle buddy. Come on, over these last few days, didn't you just want to have somebody to cuddle up with, snuggle up under the blanket? Hallelujah. Come on. Oh, Lois wanted to cuddle with Lois. Yeah. But see, God says, I'm, I'm greater than your cuddle buddy. I'm greater than that. I'm greater than the one who just wants to come up alongside of you, but instead I want to dwell within you. There is a difference, hallelujah. He, he wants to dwell within you. If you really believed that God was with you, then you could not fear that you were going to sink. Do you know how many times we have this belief that, that we're going down or that things aren't going to work out and we give in to what we believe circumstances are going to be? Hallelujah, but, but how, can, how can your boat sink if Jesus is, is, ab is aboard your boat, right? Because he is with you and he is in you. Hallelujah, he lives in me. He lives in you and I every day, every moment, every month. Hallelujah, he just doesn't come upon for, for a task, but he lives in you. See, Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come up on a man so he could do great things for the Lord. But New Testament, the Spirit of the living God is within you. He lives in you. Say, he lives in me. There is a difference for him to live in you than just come up on you to do something great. That's why I know that greatness is within you. That's why I don't get worried when people are a little rough around the edges. He's in you. Hallelujah. I said he's in you. Get, give people the grace to be who they are. Let God do the work and, and, and just let them be them and he'll work it out. You don't have to be perfect to come to church. He's in you. And the longer he's in you, you'll just get better and better and better. And the old you will start disappearing. So don't freak out when you see people who aren't as godly as you are. Hallelujah. He's in you. Hallelujah. I'm so tired of the church casting judgment and pointing the finger at people and just, just let people learn like you learned and be who they are. Let, let them grow in God. Not everybody is going to be holier than thou like you. Hallelujah. I'm grateful that you, you, you have no sin and that you have no wrong. I'm grateful that you never have an attitude, but let those who do, let those of us that sometimes step out of ourselves and make a fool of ourselves just do that, but just have the understanding that he's in me. He's in me. He just ain't in me as much as he is you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to just love people. 
Come on, church. We've got to love people where they are and, and allow ourselves to worship with people that we don't always agree with. We might not agree with much of anything, but just know he's in them. He's in them. He's just not in them to, to the degree he is you. Hallelujah. That's why we're not here to preach you down or, 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 or put you down for, for the, where you're at with your, in your walk with God. We're just here to walk with you, encourage you, help you to keep going and realize yesterday is gone. Amen. We're going to keep looking for tomorrow and what it will bring. Can you say amen? Yes. Our community needs us to be a people that will lift them up and not condemn them, not just judge them, but, but wrap our arm around them and love them and say, we're going to love you where you're at. You don't need to be perfect. I don't care what you did. We don't care that you're the prostitute on the corner. We're going to love you where you are. We don't care that you live a way that we don't necessarily agree with. We're going to love you anyway. We can worship with you. Yeah, I know. I know we can worship with you. I, I know you've said things or done things or whatever that we don't like, but we can worship with you anyway. Come on. Do you hear what I'm saying? Why? Because he's in them like he is in you. Hallelujah. I'm not here to preach that today, but we need to have that understanding. You can't sink me because he's in me. That's why you can't get freaked out when people attack you or the enemy comes against you. You can't sink me because he's in me. Hallelujah. Remember the story of him sleeping in the bow of the boat? The boat can't sink. Jesus is with them. The storm, the storm can break out everywhere, but you can't sink me. Hallelujah. You, you can't sink me. People will try to sink you. The devil will try to sink you, but he can't sink you. Some of you just need to get that mentality. Stop letting what happens in your life start sinking you. Yeah, there are things will happen in my life, and I'll take on water, but it won't sink me. Right, because he dwells within me. He is within me. Because he is within me, you can't sink me. I'm not bad all by myself. I'm, we're bad and all that in a bag of chips because he is within us. I am all that and a slice of bread. Amen, because of who he is. Hallelujah. I'm the next best thing since squeezed butter because he is within me. Hallelujah. Are you here? I see that's good preaching right there. Y'all are just not paying attention. I said, I'm the next best thing since sliced bread because he is within me. We're not boasting about how good we are or we can sing good. We're boasting because he is within us. There is a difference about people who he resides within and those he does not. Hallelujah. That's why we can talk about how good he is and, and that we know who we are and what he's going to accomplish because I know that he dwells within us. Hallelujah. And the anointing shall destroy the yoke. So it can't sink me because help is on the way. Hallelujah. Help is on the way. Hallelujah. I, I might not look like much always, but great things come in small packages. Uh-huh. I might not look like much, but great things come in small packages. It might look like, and sometimes when it was windy a few weeks ago, the wind did blow me over, but great things come in small packages. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. I tried to walk down from up there to down here, and it was so windy, the wind was blowing me, and I had to run with the wind because it was going to knock me down. But, but see, great things come in small packages. Hallelujah. That's true. I'm not even exaggerating. I was running with the wind because it was pushing me down. Hallelujah. Joy knows what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Great things come in small packages. Great things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that excellency may be of God and not of us. Right? He, he put it in cheap vessels. See, in other words, the vessel isn't much, but the contents are awesome. I said the, the vessel isn't much, but the contents are awesome. See, that's why it, it's important to take time to get to know people. Don't, don't judge me just based on what you think you know. That's what Facebook trolls do. They, 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 they make assumptions. Yeah, come on. You have, I'll have, I have people on my Facebook, they're just trolls. They just look from the outside in and make judgments and observations. They don't take time to get to know me. Shut your mouth. Hallelujah. Some of you just need to tell people, shut your mouth. They haven't taken time to get you to know you. Unfriend them. If they don't take time to get to know you and they don't want to sit down and have dinner and rub elbows with your family, they're just looking to, to peer in and make an observation and make a judgment. You only know me if you choose to get to know me. Hallelujah. But the contents of who I am is more awesome than you could ever imagine. Hallelujah. Why? Because he is within me. I'll see. Are you all better stay with me? I'm not boasting. I'm telling you, I am awesome because he is awesome. I wasn't awesome all by myself. You don't get this awesome on your own, right? The Bible says pride, pride comes before the fall. That's not pride. It's understanding if you know who he is, then out of me will come him. So if you want more of him, just rub shoulders with me and you'll get him. That's truth right there. That's truth. The, the, the Bible says the more I, the more I am in him and, and, and understand his word when I open my mouth, if, if we're down sitting having coffee, part of who he is will come out. The word just comes bubbling out. I was in, a, in an important meeting on Friday and, and I just like, it wasn't spiritual at all. And all this spiritual wisdom started bubbling out of me and I could see everybody on the video calls, eyes were like this and I had to remember, oh, you're, you're not in church, but I couldn't help it because it's in me. Right? We were problem solving and all this kingdom stuff started coming out of me to, to solve problems that we were facing and up against. And even though it's a secular organization, I couldn't help. The kingdom is in me, so it just comes out of me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So greatness will come out of me if you'll just get to know me. Hallelujah. You might not like the way I talk or the way I dress or the way I walk or you might not like certain things about me, but if you'll get to know me, he is in me. Hallelujah. And you can't help but to get to know him if you get to know me. Oh, hallelujah. See, you get more than just me if you'll get to know me. You get to know him. That's why you need to be, be careful the people you choose to be close to often. If they don't know him, you're going to get them and not him. Uh-huh. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, we get more of them than we do him. I need to surround myself with people that can help reinforce him and not them. Because I got enough of, uh, of, of me, I need more of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, he lives in me. Hallelujah. Yes, you can't sink me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't sink me. He lives in me. Hallelujah. Whew. I have an understanding. I, 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 I can whip the enemy with something that he can't even see because it's in me. I can whip and overcome the enemy with something that he can't even see because of who is within me. See, see, don't let the package fool you. The package may be small, but great things come in small packages. See, the stuff inside of you and I is explosive. Are you hearing me? The stuff inside of you and I is explosive. How many have ever known somebody that, that you, they looked one way, but then you saw them at some point lose it? 
and they just exploded. And you were like, I never expected that from them. Right, because there's like dynamite on the inside of them, right? I'm not talking about them blowing up necessarily in a fit of rage, but I've seen real small little people lose it on real big people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there's more in them than, than what, we, what we see by the natural eye. You need to understand there is more in you and I. That, there's, that you and I have him dwelling and living on the inside of us. The stuff inside of you is explosive. I am dynamite. On the inside. The Bible says that we have dunamis power. So that's why I'm dynamite. Hallelujah. That's why you need to stop giving in to what circumstances you are dealt with. You are, you are dealt and realize that the, what the enemy is dealing with is dunamis power. His time is coming. I am dynamite. Hallelujah. How many of you know that, that even the a stick of dynamite, the paper that dynamite is wrapped in is useless. It's worthless. It's what's inside that is valuable. Hallelujah. So you need to understand that the vessel itself is a much. It's what's inside of me that is valuable. Hallelujah. That's why I can say I'm dynamite. Hallelujah. I, I'm not, we can't be weary and afraid and walk in fear of what's going wrong or, or, or what's happening in our life because we are dynamite. Hallelujah. Whenever we call upon his name, hallelujah, he will always show up because he dwells on the inside of us. Whenever you call him, whenever you and I get tired of, of calling people and we'll just end up breaking down and calling upon him, the Bible says his ear is open to your cry. His ear is open to your cry. In a crowd of thousands of people, do you know he knows your voice? He knows your voice different from the person sitting next to you. He knows your voice. He knows my voice separate from yours. That's how great he is. That's why he isn't just good. He is that great. Just like you know your child's voice above everyone else's. When your child screams, you go running. Amen. That's why when you call upon the name of the Lord, he comes running. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He is not delayed. That's why I said earlier, help is on the way. If you'll dare call upon his name, he comes running. Like when a child falls and scuffs their knee and starts bleeding and they, and they issue that blood-curdling scream some of you know about, you will go running. You can't see what's wrong, but you'll go running because you know by the voice that's your child. When you and I will call upon his name, he comes running. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, because his ear is open to your cry. Thank you, Lord. That's good stuff right there. That's some good reminders for you and I. Hallelujah. Say, be careful how you handle me. I'm dynamite. Oh, come on. Say it again. Say, be careful how you handle me. I'm dynamite. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You got to recognize what's in you is, 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 is so much more. Hallelujah. The wrapping may be junk, but if you get past the wrapping paper, there's stuff on the inside of me that is explosive. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says my strength is made perfect in, in weakness. Because God always chooses something weak so that the glory can be of him and nothing else. Hallelujah. It pleases God so he can, for, for him to show all that he can do in something so small and, and insignificant because he is God, all right? It pleases him. That's why last week in our text, we, we looked at the ant. How can an ant pull something three sizes, it's three times its size? It's because God, the creator, is behind him. 
Yeah, that, that's why, because God the creator is behind him. When God gets behind you, you don't have to have enough money. You don't even have to have enough help. You don't have to have enough strength. You don't even have to have enough teeth. You don't have to have a, enough of a husband. You don't have to have enough of anything. If God be for you, the Bible says, who can be against you? Amen. A little delayed, church, but you're getting there. That, 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 that's why if God be for you, who can be against you? Why? Because he is within you. He, he is not just, it, it, just with you. He is in you. The Lord is with me. I shall not be moved. Hallelujah. So if we want to be more godly, we said last week we have to heed the sermon of the ant to prepare for the things that God is about to do. So we focused a lot of our time last week preparing for what God is about to do. Hallelujah. Getting ready for the next move of God. Hallelujah. Not just talking about what happened to us, because people who have failed will always talk about what happened to them. Right? If you're hung up on failure, you'll always talk about what's wrong, what went wrong. But people who are trying to get prepared for what God's doing will talk about what he's about to do. Come on, church. We need to get fixated and focused on what he is about to do. God is up to something, what he is about to do in your life, what he's about to do in your body, what he's about to do in church, what he is about to do in our city, what he's about to do in our nation. Come on, let, we need to be focused on what he is about to do, not what has happened. We have all been through hell and back. We have all gone through something. Everyone in this room has stories. People in our church have been raped or molested or been on drugs or been addicted to alcohol. Everybody has a story. But what is God about to do in your life? What is he about to do in your church? What is he about to do in your family? Come on. That's what God wants you and I to get focused upon. That is the lesson in the, in the sermon of the ant is what is God about to do? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Then we looked at the Coney who just simply taught us to position ourselves to operate from a position of strength on the rock. Oh, yes. On the rock that everybody has weaknesses and that the conies are feeble folk, but they position themselves in the rock to have the advantage and how you and I need to make sure we're positioned on the rock of Jesus Christ to have the advantage. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Next, probably next week. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Next week, I, 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 I we'll wrap up with the spider and the spider's going to teach you and I how to produce ourselves. But today we're going to do with that third one, the locust. Hallelujah. Because next week the spider is going to help you and I to sense, to understand that what we should sense should be more accurate than what we see. How many of you know that we often live our life and our happiness and our joy are dictated based on what we see, not what we sense? God needs you to operate and live your life by what you are sensing and not what you see. Oh, but we'll go there next week. Hallelujah. Today, we're going to focus on that third one, the locust. In, in Eastern civilization, many years ago, they were always afraid of the locusts coming more than armies and chariots. Do you understand? They, they weren't as consumed and worried about armies and chariots coming after them in their city as they were locusts. Oh, my, my. If, if the locust came into a city, we understand just by st just simple studying of not just the word, but understanding science, that if locusts would come into a city, they would turn a city upside down. 
they would destroy cities and bring down their entire crops. Everything died when the locusts came. The Bible says that we have to heed the voice of the locust because they're wise. There's some wisdom. There's some lessons we need to learn this morning about the locust in these few minutes we'll spend together. There's something the locust knows that, that God wants the church to know. There's something that they know innately from their creator that God wants you and I to learn and to understand. If the church can ever operate like the locust, if you and I could ever operate like them, then no weapon formed against you would be able to prosper. If you and I could learn to operate like the locust, if the church can ever focus like the locust, you can go into the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from you. If you can heed this lesson this morning and what the, the, the locust wants to teach you and I. Remember, the ant dra drags morsels of food all by himself and the coney hides on the rock by himself. But notice something, the locust never does anything by himself. He never operates independently. I know sometimes we are, some of us in this place, we prefer to do things by ourselves. Just get out of my way. I can do it faster and better than you. Oh, come on. Nobody in this place is ever like that. How I many you know sometimes it's, it's quicker to do it yourself than to show somebody else? Now, I, I always teach that's not good leadership, right? But the truth of the matter is there is a part to the locust where God wants you and I to recognize that he doesn't need us to be celebrities and platform celebrities and to have our name and lights and those things. God needs the church to understand it takes all of us to take a city by force. The locust can't do it one of them all by themselves. They can't destroy an entire crop around a city. It takes all of them <coughs> to consume a city and to wreak havoc and to cause chaos. That's one of the lessons we've got to learn about the locust. The locusts never do anything by themselves. Hallelujah. We've got to step away from trying to do everything on our own. And we have to learn to start doing things together as one body, but many members. Hallelujah. About being a unified church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That, yeah, they can be Baptist and they can be Methodist and we can be what we are. And, and the people down the road can be apostolic, but we can be one body and many members operating and taking a city and a people by force. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We've got to step away from individual attitudes and mindsets. Hallelujah. The locusts always come in a swarm. Locusts always come in a pack. The Bible says when they came into a city, they would blacken the sky. Oh, you could see them coming. They would darken the sky. The, the sun would, 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 would not shine because of the thousands and the millions that would be in the sky heading towards a city. There was nothing they could do to stop a swarm of locusts. They would eat up everything in the city. They could get in one small crack, one door, one window. Amen. Kind of like those stink bugs. You wonder how they get in. That's how a locust is. They'll get in any small crack or anything. They'll find their way in. They would devour everything and all vegetation. Hallelujah. They come into a city, they come in hungry. The Lord said that you and I need to learn to run with hungry people. I said we need to learn to run with hungry people. 
people who aren't satisfied with where they are and all that they have, but we need to learn to run with hungry people. You, you and I can't be casual and mediocre and be a laid back people. We've got to run with hungry people, people who understand that God's trying to do more. Right? That, that's why we need to heed the lesson of the ant and get ready for what God wants to do next. That, that's what hungry people do. Hungry people prepare for what's next. Hallelujah. Hungry people prepare and, and position themselves on the rock to have a stable place for what, what God wants to do. Hallelujah. And hungry people will run with other hungry people, understanding there, there's more to what we have experienced in this life. The locusts only run with people who have a great appetite. You need to make sure you're running with people who have a great appetite for the things of God. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Because you know what? something about hungry people? Hungry people don't have time to get jealous. Did you hear me? Anybody else know anybody that ever gets jealous often? Right? Church people get jealous sometimes. That's why you don't hang around with all church people. I don't, I don't hang around with people who, who, who just occupy space. I like to hang around people who are hungry because hungry people don't have time to get jealous. They're too busy eating up what's in front of them. They're too busy getting prepared for what God's trying to do. Are you hearing me? But, but people who are just occupying space are just spectators. They're just spectators and they're watching everybody else and what God's doing and they'll judge it and they'll criticize it and they'll have something to say about it. Are you with me now? Hallelujah. But hungry people don't have time to pay attention to spectators because they're a participator. Hallelujah. That's good. Hallelujah. The locusts will turn a city upside down. You need to understand something. I'm using this as a reference. The locusts will turn a city upside down. But if this would happen in the spirit, it would turn our city upside down. If you and I could heed the lesson of the locust today, you, it's, it enables you and I to turn a city upside down. It's going to take more than just me. It takes all of us. If two hungry saints of God would just step into the office and start praying, it can turn the office upside down. If two hungry saints of God come in here ready to worship and hunger after God, it turns a service upside down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It takes hungry people to do something and bring change into a city. Hallelujah. If you and the person sitting next to you would start praying, you'll devour this neighborhood. Uh-huh. Just you and somebody else because we can't do it alone. It can't be just me. It can't be just you. It's going to require you and I to network and partner with one another around us, some other hungry people. If you will agree with someone in your house, you can devour anything that steps up or comes against your house. Hallelujah. Because it's going to take more than just one of us. The, the locusts have the ability to work together as a swarm as millions of them together. In other words, you and I have got to let someone help us. Hallelujah. The reason why women's ministry, men's ministry, the reason why what we do as a church is important is that what we do as a church, all things that we do as a church, it requires all of us. Oh, yes, it requires all of us. We need relationship. Amen. The locusts have relationship. They understand alone they can do nothing, but together they can accomplish anything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Surround yourself with people who can help you. 
Surround yourself with people who have like-minded ideas and vision. Surround yourself with people who want to see uh, us change our city. Surround yourself with people who, who have like-minded vision and ideas. Hallelujah. Surround yourself with people who have an appetite. For people who have a passion. Amen. I like to go out to eat with people who like to eat. Don't go out to eat with me and order a saddle and make me feel bad while I lick my fingers and smack my lips, hallelujah, and enjoy ribs and suck the meat between the bones. Glory, I want to eat. Are you hearing me? Because I haven't, you might not believe it, I have an appetite, and when I eat, I like to eat. Don't, 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 don't eat like a, 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 a sissy and make me feel bad the way I like to slurp and gurp and mm, that's good, right? Hallelujah. I like to eat with people with, some of you know what I'm talking about? Right? Don't, don't, don't try to be prim and proper and, and dab your lips. It, ribs aren't good unless you have a barbecue sauce from cheek to cheek. Are you hearing me? It's not good if you can't the meat right out between the bones. Are you hearing me? <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to get right where you are. I don't like to eat with people who barely like to touch anything on their plate. Get, go eat with somebody else. Hallelujah. Right? Because I have an appetite. The same is true in the spirit. <laughs> I had you all laughing last week. Here we go again. Part two. Come on. We need to hang around people who have an appetite. Right? Who want to see some things accomplished. Glory to God. Who, I said who want to see some things accomplished. Right? So that's why we need to be careful who we are partnered with. Amen? Don't, don't hang around people who are doom and gloom and think it's all it'll ever be. I don't hang around or have partnerships with people in our city that see it as all it'll ever be. I tried to set up a meeting and someone said, oh, I, I really don't think it's worth any time. Uh, we, 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 people have tried all kinds. I said, thank you. Thank you very much. Never mind. Next. Next, you ain't who I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who has a vision and believes that we can partner and connect our resources and our, and our assets to do something bigger. So because you think it is all that it will ever be and our city is all that it will ever be and that our better days are behind us, you're not who I need. Get on to the next one. Hallelujah. I need someone who have an appetite. That's why I told the DNC the other day. I said, we're going to, because the RNC wouldn't set a meeting. The DNC, I said, we're going to vote people out and vote people in who have an appetite for our city. Somebody needs to hear me. Yeah, I, you heard me right. I, I had a meeting with them. And, and so we said, we're going to vote out every person that doesn't have an, an appetite for our city. If they haven't done anything to benefit it and they don't have a vision for where we can go, they've got to go. Uh, we need to have people who have an appetite for our city, somebody. Hallelujah. We're going to run with them. I might not agree with them on all things, but if they have an appetite, I can run with you. Hallelujah. I don't have time to preach that today because we're looking for people with passion. We're looking for people with an appetite because we cannot do it by myself. See, I, I, I was reading about the locusts. There's some good stuff about them, and you need to hear this today. I, I, I was reading that they would try to, to stop the locusts by fire. They would try to, to burn the locusts to try to stop them. But, but in the Hebrew terms of the text, they're known as the insects without number, meaning they cannot be numbered. They came in such masses that even when they tried to set them on fire, the first few locusts would die. 
and they died to put out the fire so the rest of them could cross over. Oh, somebody in this place needs to hear what I just said. I said that even when they tried to, to, to kill them by fire, that, that, that what they would do is the locusts understand they're not in this by themselves, that some of them would sacrifice themselves and crawl into the fire to put the fire out so the locusts, the rest of them could cross over. It made me think about Jesus. And when the enemy tried to set a trap and set a fire, so to speak, for him to destroy him, Jesus gave up his life so that you and I could have life. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying now? There's no reason for you and I to be defeated today. Jesus died so that you and I can go into the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from you and I. Jesus gave up his life just like the locusts would give up their life so that the others might live. See, that's how much he loves you. That's how great God is. Hallelujah. That even the locusts know what it is to give up their, up their life for the rest so that the others can live. Hallelujah. Jesus died so that you and I can cross over to the next level. Jesus died so that no weapon formed against you would be able to prosper. The, 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 the locusts were unstoppable. The God that I serve is unstoppable. Amen. Hallelujah. You and I mess up when we quit. How many times have you quit in life? The locusts are, are, are tenacious and they don't quit. They don't give up just because they tried to burn them. No, though they put themselves, they use themselves to put the fire out. So many times you and I give up just short of trying to get breakthrough. And sometimes our breakthrough and our miracle and what God wants to do only comes when we're working with somebody. We try to do all too many things on our own. And God wants you to understand you're not in this by yourself. That's why the church is so important. I know it's not popular anymore. I know that we've seen a lot of bad church stuff go down over our years, but God needs us to get back to the place where we are not in this by ourselves. If someone among us is in sick, you all better start praying and feeling, feeling for them because they are sick. If somebody in this place is dealing with a problem that is insurmountable, everyone in this place should be helping to deal with that problem. Are you hearing me? Because we are not in this by ourselves, You know, that is what is going to help us take a city by force is if the community can know they are not alone, they are not in this by themselves. Amen. You and I need to first start right here. I'm preaching to somebody today. You are not in this thing by yourself. Amen. If, if addicts come through this door, they need to know they are not in this by, I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to point my finger at them. I'm going to love them through it because they are not in this by themselves. Hallelujah. If someone in great sin comes in here. You need to wrap your arm around them and love them because they are not in this by themselves. We're going to be like locusts. Hallelujah. If they're in the fire, we're all going to go through the fire. Amen. When, when we go in one direction, we're all going to go in one direction. Is somebody hearing me today? A few of you are. Hallelujah. That's enough for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Surround yourself with people who can help you. Hallelujah. See, the locusts aren't big, but they're relentless. Mom, mom thinks they're big, yeah, but they're big when they're crowing on your shoulder. Hallelujah. We get them every so many years. I know they're creepy or whatever. Hallelujah. They're just disgusting. There's something eerie about them, but they're not massive. 
right? They're, they're not big like bears, right? They're, they're small in comparison. But, but they are relentless. Do you realize that the reason they are so successful in devouring vegetation is because they're relentless. I mean, they're relentless if, the, if they'll put themselves out in the fire so the rest of them can keep eating. They're relentless. See, what God wants you and I to understand about this text is that God is looking for some people that would be relentless. God is looking for people here in this place that would be relentless, that come hell or high water, that you will not stop. That's what God wants you and I to get from the, from the locust, that we would be a relentless people, that we won't give up easily, that we won't backtrack, but that we'll be relentless and that whatever stands in our way, we would be consuming. We, we would be persistent. We would be relentless and we would take it by force. Hallelujah. God is looking for a people who will not stop, a people who will not give up. Hallelujah. See, some of us are only here because we were relentless. The reason that some of us are still alive is because we, were, because we were relentless. They tried to stop you, but you're still here. The devil maybe even tried to kill you, but you're still here, right? That, that you and I got sick in our body, but we're still here, right? We, we should have been locked in jail, but we're still here, right? We should have, we, we, we had a lump in our breast, but we're still here, right? We've gone through things, but we're still here. I, I may be shooting insulin, but I'm still here. I might have to take blood pressure medication, but I'm still here. Why? because we're relentless. Are you hearing me? See, you have to begin to see what you're enduring in the life that you are living differently. You may have things that are wrong and things that aren't perfect, but you're still here. And the reason you are still here is because you are relentless. Hallelujah. We might have some physical problems and limitations compared to those around us or next to us, but I am relentless. It won't stop me. It needs to not stop you. God is looking for relentless people. Hallelujah. That though we might be small, we're, we'll, we're still here and we'll be relentless. If the locusts can be relentless in their size and, and all of that, you and I can be relentless with ours, certainly. And by connecting and being a part of, uh, uh, being connected and doing what we need to do for the kingdom of God together. Hallelujah. See, it'd be nice and easy to pastor rich and powerful people, but I think what God wants us to do is be able to lead people who are relentless. That's what you and I are called to be. We're called to be a relentless church, meaning that we won't give up and we won't back down just because problems arise and struggles come. Hallelujah. You are relentless. You need to be able to identify, I am relentless. I'm still here because I'm relentless. Thank you, Jesus. You're relentless because he dwells on the inside of you. He hasn't let you give up yet. Hallelujah. He's not let you give in. Thank you, Jesus. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. We're going to be relentless. When trouble comes, you can just keep going because you're going to be relentless. You're going to keep pushing. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We understand something about the locusts. They're a straight-winged in insect. There's something about them. I, I, I know Mom said a few moments ago they're big. Years ago, I was a little boy, and 
Mom was mowing the grass on our John Deere tractor in Friendsville, Maryland. It's one of the few memories I have as a, I was a little boy. And it was the year of the locust. Yes. And we had several acres of property, and she was up in the far corner near the orchard mowing. And over top of that loud John Deere mower, we heard a blood-curdling scream because just one clung to the back of her shoulder, and she froze. From that moment on, I think I was five, I learned to ride the mower and drive <laughs> from that point on. I don't think mom ever got on a mower again. It ruined her. And it just clung there. And you know why it just clung there? Because it was relentless. I said it was relentless. Too many times we try to fall off and change course because things get in our way. Someone swats at us. The enemy takes a swipe. You just need to cling there and wait on others to come. Church, that's what we're called to be. You and I need to start rallying around people who are gone through some stuff. Stop saying, oh, I'll pray with you and walk with them. Get with them. That's what women's ministry is about. It's about women linking arm in arm and becoming prayer warriors and praying one another through and building covenant relationships that you're not going to go through something alone. If all hell is breaking loose at home in your marriage, guess what? You can come and find refuge and strength and, and impartation and all those things from other women who have been through it and know what it is to get beat down and beat up. Because that happens in church. Let's not pretend it doesn't. Glory to God, who've been through some things. Locusts are straight-winged insects, and though they travel, watch this, though he travels for miles, he does not fly. Watch this. This is truth. I I ain't lying nothing. You all can go home and look us up on your own. Go Google it. I said, though they're a winged insect, and though they will travel for miles, they do not fly because we're going to learn something about the locust this morning. He travels for miles through the air, but he does not fly. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your word today. If you look at their their wings, you don't see their wings as as what has made them strong. The wings have nothing to do with the locust's strength at all. The strength of the locust is in his legs. He can't fly but he can jump. Watch this. They're in the family of the grasshopper. They're just as equally creepy, I gotta say. Not as big, but they're creepy. The lesson of the locust is propel yourself. So we had prepare yourself, position yourself, and now we are at propel yourself. Watch this. When the locust gets itself in trouble, He propels himself into the air. He propels himself in the air. He propels himself. The answer, though, isn't just in his jumping. The answer is when he jumps. See, it's important for you to understand this about the locust. The locust is so smart that he waits to jump. Boy, I got your attention now. The locust is so smart that he waits to jump until the wind blows. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
So when the locust hears the, hears the rustling in the trees, he jumps into the wind and the wind will carry the locust for miles. And so the Lord said for me to let you know the wind is about to blow. I said, the wind is about to blow. The wind is about to blow. The wind is blowing. Locusts just wait on the wind. And when the wind blows, it propels them. See, (laughs) what I've learned about you and I as church people is sometimes we try to jump. And when we jump without the wind, I'm referencing the Holy Spirit because the, the, the wind always represents the Holy Ghost. And so oftentimes we'll try to jump and make a move without him. And if you jump and make a move without him, you can't get very far. See, a, a grasshopper will just jump and, and it doesn't fly. It will just jump and it only can go as far as it can go by jumping. But see, a locust can travel for miles if he jumps when the wind blows and, and he can get to where he, he wants to, or in a direction of where he needs to go because the wind is carrying him. You and I need to learn to propel ourselves when God is moving. We have been saying for a while that God is moving. God is up to something. I am here to declare and to decree to you that you need to not just prepare yourself and position yourself, but that you need to propel yourself because the wind is blowing. There are things that you and I have desired. There are deep things that you and I have desired for ourselves, or for our church or for your family or for you. Things that you believe that God is calling you to. And God is trying to give you and I a word that he wants you to prepare for it. He wants you to position for it. But today he says, I want you to propel yourself. I want you to get ready to jump into the wind, jump into the wind because the wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. And if if you and I aren't careful, if we don't jump when the wind blows, we'll miss our opportunity. I said, if we don't jump when the wind blows, we'll miss our opportunity. Hallelujah. The wind is blowing. See, when I'm talking about this wind, understand I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is like a wind and wind it, and it blows. And, you not, and sometimes when the wind blows, you don't know where it, where it came. But you and I need to experience where it's going. Amen. In the book of Acts, in Acts it says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Suddenly there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. It means when the Holy Ghost moves where you couldn't fly by yourself, if you will leap into the anointing, the wisdom of the locust is that it knows the wind will blow it for miles. See, sometimes you and I don't necessarily know where we're going, but if we can just sense that the wind is blowing and we will just propel ourselves into the wind, we'll allow the wind to carry us to where we need to go. Now watch something else about the locust as we get ready to close. Watch this. There's only one problem with the locust. Once he jumps into the wind, the locust, remember I said that his strength is not in his wings. The locust cannot control where he is going. He is entirely dependent upon wherever the wind carries him. He can't navigate where he goes. The locust cannot fly against the wind. He can't chart his own course. Watch this. That's why it's important for the church. We've been trying to chart our own course. We've been trying to do our own thing. And God says, no, 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 no. Enough with that. See, the reason why sometimes we are, I have seen people be so weary and so tired in the church is because you're trying to chart your own course. 
You're trying to fly against the wind and God didn't equip you to fly against the wind like the locust. He, he just wanted you to jump into the wind. He wanted you to, to, to seize a God moment. You heard me say last week, you can seize a God moment or you can miss a God moment. Some of us have, have tried to seize a God moment and flap at our wings and the God moment and you're trying to flap in the direction you think God wants you to go in and God says, no, I just need you to seize it by jumping into it. Some of you are gonna jump this morning. Propel yourself into a God moment and you're gonna stop flapping your wings. You're gonna stop trying to dictate where you land and just say, wherever the wind carries me. Wherever the wind carries me. Church, wherever the wind would carry us as a church, we're just gonna give into it. The locust is entirely dependent on the wind. And when the wind stops blowing, the land. My God, he's trying to speak to the body of Christ to prepare ourselves and to position ourselves and to propel ourselves into the wind. Some of you and I have been waiting to be blessed. And he has one word for you today. Last week it was prepare and position yourself. But today the one word, if you want to be blessed, is propel yourself. If you'll learn the sermon today of the locust, you only leap into the wind as he blows. See, we, we've been sensing the wind of God in church. I mean, an intense presence of God at times. Some of you have been waiting and longing to get out of a situation you're in. Some of us have been waiting and longing for a breakthrough in our life. But the word that God wanted me to bring to you today is simply that the next time the wind blows. In other words, the next time you sense a, a, a wind of the Holy Spirit in this place or bro blowing through your life, you need to just propel yourself. You, you, you need to just start propelling yourself, leap into the wind, give in to what God is trying to do. When the, when the locust gets in the wind, he travels without struggle. Oh my God. I said, when the locust gets in the wind, he travels without struggle. That's why some of you have been praying, God, I just wanna be able to live without struggle. God, I just wanna be able to, to live without having to feel so weary and worn and beat down and God, I'm tired all the time. Anybody else just felt tired? He said, because you've been trying to do it in your own strength. He says, what I need you to do See, the, 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 the moving of the Holy Spirit always has purpose. From Genesis, even in the book of Acts, all through the New Testament, every time the Spirit of God comes. In, in Genesis, when, this, when, when, the, when the Spirit of God hovered or moved over the face of the waters, it came with purpose. In Acts, the Spirit of God, as it moved and hovered and entered into the upper room as of a rushing mighty wind, it came with purpose. And when the Spirit of God comes into this place, whether it's during worship or a moment like this, if there is anybody else in here that has a, a bit of the Holy Ghost within them, then you know there's something stirring. Something right now that's bubbling up under the surface. Some of you may not be able to identify it was. Some of you might only identify it as goosebumps, but God is bigger than your goosebump. It's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling up in my soul. And in a few moments, he's going to intensify his wind. 
And when he does, you and I need to surrender ourselves to it and propel ourselves into it. And say, God, I've been... I've been trying to fly, but I've been flying with struggle. And what God wants you to do is to propel yourself so that you can fly, so that you can move in the wind without struggle. So you can travel without struggle. He's not, that you're not going to try to flap your wings to get where God has for you, that it's going to be the power of the wind, the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The power of the wind. Hallelujah. See, it's not that God hasn't been moving in your life. Somebody said recently they just haven't seen God moving. No, God's been moving. It's just that you didn't propel yourself into the presence of God. Propel yourself into the presence of God. My God. For some of you in this place, your wind is here. Notice I said for some of you. Because I know God's people all too well. I know that when you try to get everybody to go in one direction, you always will have some that won't. I know that while I preach, not everyone here is a locust and has an appetite, like I mentioned earlier, to where you are an aggressive eater. Hallelujah. I know that. that that's why I said that for some of you, the wind is here. Your purpose is set. Your season is here. And there have been things that have dulled your senses. That you haven't sensed the wind. And that's why God sent me to tell you, your wind is here. Because you can't sense it on your own. But if you'll dare to believe, and you'll dare to propel yourself into the wind, the wind will carry you where you've been struggling. I said the wind will carry you where you've been struggling. Will you stand to your feet? We're going to close right there. It's a good place. There's more about the locust I'd tell you, but right there, there's a, there's a wind that's blowing. A wind that's blowing to that. There's a wind that's blowing. And if you will propel yourself, you will travel without struggle. This is the Lord saying, Your struggle can end right here. This is the Lord saying, it's, He's not saying that there won't be days where it won't be hard. That there won't be days where it won't be difficult or challenging, but he's saying, if you will propel yourself into the wind and you'll let me carry you where you've been trying to fly on your own. That's why he says, do not become weary in well-doing. Don't try to do this on yourself. But he wants you and I to to, to, to operate as, as a community, operate as a swarm like the locust, and that we would be relentless, 
And that even though we've had some setbacks, even though you might be dealing with some setbacks in your life right now, you'll say, God, I've endured those and I've been enduring the struggle. But Lord, today I'm going to choose to, 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 to propel myself into the wind so that I can travel without struggle. God is trying to get the church to move. To get the church to move. God's trying to move some of you into greater and bigger and deeper things, but but you're not you're not willing to propel. You're, you haven't been willing to leave behind some things of where you've been. And God needs you today to be willing to, to propel yourself forward. Meaning that that might mean you have to leave behind people who don't have an appetite like you. It might have to mean you have to, 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 to leap away from things and people that have attached themselves to you. That, that, that have desensitized your appetite, who, who have worn you down, who, who maybe even caused you to be weary. And instead, God wants you to, to, to connect with people who have an appetite like you. So today, this altar call isn't for everybody. Today, this altar call isn't for everybody at all. Today, this altar call is for hungry people. Today, this altar call is for somebody who says, I want to fly. I want to travel without struggle. I'm tired. I'm tired of the struggle. And so without delay, if, if you can identify with that or anything I've said and you say, I want to travel without struggle. And I, wanna, and I want to leap when the Spirit of God moves in this place. I, I want to propel myself forward. Then would you move forward right now? Come quickly. Come quickly because the Spirit of God is moving. Don't, don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. If you're watching online and you can't come forward, just type something. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm going to propel myself. Type something that, to identify. I'm going to propel myself that we're, we're going to leap into the wind because His wind is blowing. His wind is blowing. See, see, there's people that say, I'm going to propel myself. That's why they're, they're coming to stand. I'm going to propel myself into the wind. I, I, I'm going to travel without struggle. I'm going to travel without struggle. Wow, wow. So many of you are, are here and some are coming. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something. When the, when the Lord kept bringing me back to this text and I was arguing with God, Lord, I don't want to preach that, God. I didn't know it last week when I started this series. But it was when I started preparing for this week's that I realized something. That as much as I'm preaching to you today, I want to be transparent enough to tell you that really the reason God brought this message back for me to preach it was so that I could preach this week for me. You might be benefiting from it. And in a moment, you're going to propel yourself into this wind. But God needed me to preach this message so that I could stop trying to travel and struggle. That every time we go to make a move, there has been battle after battle. And there are some of you in this place that you are just battle weary. So much has gone wrong. And you are just tired. It's wrong at home and it's wrong at work 
It's wrong in your finances, and it's even maybe wrong in church. It's wrong with people. And every time you do something to try to get ahead, there is another battle. And that is because the Lord showed me that we haven't been leaping in the wind and that we have sensed his wind moving. We have sensed the move of the Holy Spirit. And I'm willing to be humble enough to tell you that sometimes as a church, we haven't propelled ourselves when he moved. But those of you who have gathered here, see, now you are in relationship with everybody else who has stepped up front here. I want you to take a minute before we pray. I want you to take a minute and look around to those that are standing with you. This is your swarm. This is your ride or die right here. I'm not discounting anybody else. I'm not discrediting. I'm telling you, this is your ride or die. This means that when you come up against the fire, somebody's going to lay down their life so you can cross over. It means that if one is hungry, we're all hungry. Are, are you hearing me? It means if one is hurting, we are all hurting. It means if I am going through it, you are going through it. This is your swarm. It means if, if, if we are going to do something, we're going to do it together. We, we are not going to be a church one by ourselves. I cannot do this on my own. You cannot do this on my, uh, your own. Some of you are enduring life-changing, life-altering things right now. You cannot do this on. Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm telling you right now, our brother can't do and face what he's facing alone right now. He needs more than our prayers. He needs somebody to wrap their arms around him. He needs somebody to say, I'm, I'm your ride or die right here. I'm your swarm. Hallelujah. I'm your swarm. Every part of our church, we are a part of a swarm. Hallelujah. While my family is falling apart, I need you to be a part of my swarm. When our kids are causing us to be on our knees and cry before God, I need to know you're a part of my swarm. That's right. Some of you can link arms and, and, and join up with somebody because we're not in this by ourselves. You are my ride or dies. And we're going to start traveling without struggle. We're going to start traveling without struggle. So we're going to pray. And as we pray, the spirit of the living God that we have felt moving and bubbling under the surface, I want you to pray and allow yourself to be propelled by, by, by the wind. Hallelujah. Propelled by the spirit of the living God to carry you so that you can travel without struggle into the next things of God. Church, we are not just changing seasons, but we are going to start traveling without struggle in this place, in your life. You're going to start traveling without struggle in the name of Jesus. So let us pray together. Let us pray in this place. If you can, if you're near someone, grab them by the arm, grab them by the hand, right? Because we're not in this by ourselves. We're going to propel ourselves. We're going to propel ourselves together. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we've missed you. God, we've missed you a time or two, and 
God, while we felt your wind, we didn't propel ourselves and we didn't take advantage of the wind to carry us where, God, you intended us to go. And so, Father, we felt your spirit moving, but we didn't allow you to carry us to the next dimension, to the next level in you. And so, Father, first and foremost, we're here to repent and say, God, that that is over. That, Lord, we're going to allow ourselves to be propelled and to be carried to the next level, to the next dimension in you. So, Father, we repent of every time we've ever missed you. But, Father, today, here we are, desiring to be a people that would be a swarm, desiring to be a people that will have an appetite, desiring to be a people that says, Lord, we're going to propel ourselves. We've prepared ourselves. We've positioned ourselves. And now, God, we are going to propel ourselves into the wind of the Holy Ghost to allow ourselves to be carried wherever it is, God, you want to take us, whatever, God, it is you want to do in us next. So, Father, here we are standing as a swarm, standing as a united body, Lord, believing for the, whatever you have us next, uh, that, God, you were, the wind is going to carry us. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that everything that has held us, everything that has caused us to travel and struggle, I, I call an end to that season in the name of Jesus. I rebuke everything that has had itself attached to us and every person that has had its, themselves attached to us who has caused us and weighted us down to travel and, and struggle in the name of Jesus. And I declare and I decree today, according to your word, that, Lord, this is a brand new day, that, God, this is a brand new season, that, Lord, you're going to carry us in your wind, that, Lord, I sense your wind blowing and I sense your wind stirring in this place. So, Spirit of the living God, blow through this place and begin to blow and carry us into the next level, into the next dimension. And that God, as your wind blows, instead of us trying to flap our wings and dictate and become weary in the midst of trouble and go where we think we need to go, Spirit of the living God, just carry us. Carry us wherever it is that you desire us to go next. Carry us, oh God, that we can travel without struggle in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I call an end to that season of struggle. I call an end to that season of problem and turmoil. I call an end to that season of weariness and being tired. I call an end to that season of everywhere you go. There is something wrong, but the wind of God is going to carry you right now. Blow, wind of God. Blow, Holy Spirit, through this place right now. Now, blow through these people's lives. Blow over us. Bring comfort. Bring strength. Bring understanding even right now. God, bring clarity that, God, we might not be able to, to control where the wind is going to blow us, but we trust in wherever you'll land us in the name of Jesus. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I pray that as your wind blows this week and as your wind blows this day, oh God, we just surrender to the wind. Blow us where you want us. Take us, God, where you want us. I surrender my wings. I surrender my will. My will was not meant to guide me in my direction. My will was meant to be surrendered to you. Lord, you carry me where you need me to go. Lord, you land us where you need us to land. And today is the first day that we're going to travel with strength. And while we travel, we can enjoy the view. 
we can enjoy the journey. Listen to me, somebody. Somebody stand up here. You haven't been able to enjoy the journey that you're on because you've been so busy trying to dictate where you're going. Surrender that. You can't enjoy where you are. It's like when you go for a drive and you were just so focused on getting there, you stopped taking in the sights. Look around and enjoy the journey of where he has you, of where he's taken you. Yeah, things aren't perfect. Yeah, things are wrong. But if you'll look around, you'll be able to identify and see when the Bible says that his mercies are new every day. You'll get to see all the mercies of God every day. And while, yeah, there's some things wrong, you'll get to see his beauty and his wonder and the awe of who he is. And oh, I, I, I don't feel my best, but I, but I feel his strength. And, oh yeah, I'm still having some financial trouble, but, but I made it through. I, I still don't have a lot of money, but, but I'm eating. I still don't know how that bill's gonna get paid, but look how good he's been to me. Because you can enjoy the journey. Watch this, watch this, don't, don't miss that and you will be able to travel without struggle. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Today is the first day of you traveling without struggle. This is the first day. This is the first day in the name of Jesus. Now, amen amen i want you today give somebody you're standing next to a hug because you are traveling without struggle love on them in the name of jesus love on them hallelujah love on them they're a part of your swarm they're a part of your swarm thank you thank you thank you they're a part of your swarm On your way out today, people that watch online, you can give your offerings and tithes online on your way out. Those of you that are still here, you can give and bless the Lord and he'll maybe multiply back to you, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Have a blessed and beautiful week and allow the wind to carry you to your next level in the name of Jesus.